0: Gregory Ann Fox is helping women over 50 specializing in those over 60 to age better and not to succumb to the old person syndrome. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. And disease and disability are not a natural effect of getting older. By making things simple and uncomplicated, the science... Greg provides different ways to approach the aging issue because no two people are exactly alike. She does not believe in deprivation. Life should be delicious in all areas. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast, where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid. I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset so that you can get back to living the life that you envision for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. I have Greg with me on today, and I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with her. Um, welcome, Greg.
1: Thank you so much, Shannon. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you on. So let's just dive in. And I would love to have you share a little bit about your thyroid story and how you got started.
1: I would be happy to. So many times we feel like something isn't right, but we assume that it's just the way things are, right? I'm a couple of years older. Maybe I've had, you know, my kids are driving me crazy. My work is hard. And so we just put those aggravation feelings on the back burner. Well, when you hit perimenopause, as some of your listeners will already be there, some of them are anticipating it, (laughs) things get a little bit more demanding. They might tap you on the shoulder a little harder, the symptoms, not being able to sleep, having hot flashes, getting bloated, gaining weight, losing your hair, whatever it is. Well, that started happening for me right at about the time I probably was sliding into hypothyroidism but because the perimenopause, the age on the chart, which docs look at ages, numbers, data, right? They're like, oh, 46, you must be in perimenopause. Just here's black cohosh. Cause I wanted to do everything naturally. I didn't want any drugs. So I found a naturopath. I tried every single thing I could. In the meantime, I was engaged to a guy who is now my husband, who's nine years younger than I. So I had a mandate to get this handled because I was feeling like crap every time I got a hot flash, if he came near me, I'd be like, no, don't touch me. This was not going to end well. So yeah, the natural stuff just was not happening for me. It was not working. I changed my diet. I did everything I could. So I found a doc who was fluent in bioidentical hormones. I did a ton of research and I thought, okay, these are safe from what I know at my age for whatever. And so I was able to manage, just get enough estrogen and progesterone, to get rid of all the major symptoms so that I could sleep again, I could think again, I'm still running a business. And when you're foggy, as you know, hypothyroid listeners, nothing gets done efficiently. And then if you have family and kids and anything else going on, you're just depleted at the end of the day, exhausted. So I got the one set of things handled and then I thought, but why aren't I feeling like myself? And I know that's one thing that when I work with clients, they're like, I just wanna feel like myself again. And so this doc was great. And he's a Western medicine doc. He just happened to have been trained in functional medicine as well. And the functional medicine people, as Shannon has probably told you guys, they deal with the whole body, not just the symptom or the organ that is giving you the problem. And he said, well, we can try looking at, we'll do some different tests and let's look at your thyroid. And I'd had a thyroid test and I got a TSH result and it was in the quote unquote normal range from another doc but he said we're going to give you a couple more tests than the tsh cuz that's not enough. Well, my mind was blown like open cracked wide open. I thought, "Hallelujah, this is going to happen. This is going to help." Because he listened first of all. He acknowledged that I what I thought was wrong, a normal tsh reading was probably wrong. And we went from there. Yeah. The So and I know that a lot of you you recommend labs to people if all they've ever gotten is a THS, right, Shannon?
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We can, I actually have it in my traditional standard um, show notes where you guys can go in and download our thyroid panel guide. And I just recently updated it to give you some additional tips on um, what to do if your doctor won't give you the testing. So
1: Hmm. Yeah, some doctors are resistant because they don't know what to do with the answers they're going to get.
0: Right, yes. so I could
1: go with a full thyroid panel to one doc, and they will look at it and say, "Well, this is great, but it doesn't matter. Your TSH is normal." They're going to dismiss you in hand. My encouragement to anybody listening, because this was my journey. That doc that I worked with left the practice that he was at. Mm-hmm. Then I had to find a whole new doc, and one of the things I've I always say is don't give up until you get the result you want. Don't give up until you get an answer to why you're not feeling bad. Because I mean, why you are feeling bad. There's no such thing as this is what happens at your age. It doesn't matter. I I interviewed a guy on my podcast who was 28 years old when he started suffering debilitating symptoms, ended up in bed with oxygen. He used to be a world-class surfer. Nobody could give him an answer, but he kept pushing and pushing. Turns out that he had the worst form of Lyme disease. Mm. but he he's like, I'm not giving up. And he finally found somebody who would listen, right? I don't think most of us are going to go through something that traumatic where we're in bed for three years, but I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Some days you might feel like we never want to get out of bed, but not for three years. Yes. The bottom line is somebody will listen to you. And if it is somebody outside of a medical practice, if you're used to relying on Western medicine what about somebody who's outside of that functional medicine nutritionist somebody like shannon somebody like myself people that can offer expert advice point you in the right direction of the labs that you might need i i really think everybody has to get used to the idea of getting labs done blood work if you're afraid of the needle get over it because honestly data is your health and well-being like in a vial because we can't just look at a person and say All these three symptoms in Shannon are the same as the ones in Greg. So we're going to give them the same diagnosis. It's not the way the body works. And honestly, there is somebody out there that will listen.
0: Yes. And I had, so I had a recent experience. As you guys know, I just recently had a baby. And I was experiencing like a UTI kind of symptoms. And my baby was having a yeast rash anyways, long story short, I did some research. I found out which probiotics that I should be taking because I was doing all of the natural things, um, for the baby and clearing up her rash. And I was like, it's not clearing up. So anyways, I dove into it more research and I found specific strands that helped with not only her yeast rash, but my UTI. <laughs> oh,
1: interesting.
0: And so I, it was one of those things for me that I was like, oh my goodness, we're having the same deficiency more or less in this probiotic strand. And it's exhibiting in both of us in different ways. So yes, I totally believe that.
1: And for people that are listening, Dr. Google is great to a point. If you don't know what you're looking for, Shannon has degrees in what to look for. I have been trained in what to look for. Not to say you shouldn't do your own research, but if you get frustrated and you feel like so many different things are conflicting, then it's time to get an expert uh, opinion advice. And and there are plenty of Western medicine doctors who do know how to work with a, an out-of-whack thyroid, high or low. Yeah. It just might take you a little bit of time. And I know it's frustrating with the insurance companies these days. Stay in network, you go out of network, you pay more, you have to be primary care. You know, it's so crazy these days. Yeah, But what's your health worth? Because- hypothyroid or hyperthyroidism is not just the symptoms. It's the long-term effect on your quality of life that really matters. Yes, you want to get the symptoms handled, but if the symptoms aren't handled, they could lead to something worse. Yes. And I don't want that for anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into medication. And I know you mentioned you're taking bioidenticals for yourself. Um, but when you were going through your own journey and trying to get all these hormones balanced out, how did you get to the place of figuring out what medication was right to you for you after receiving the testing that looked at more than just TSH?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because the BHRT does in fact interact with some thyroid medication. So once we got the, the symptom stuff handled and the doc said, we'll do some other testing, Then we found out I was hypothyroid and he said, okay, we're going to put you on the most common, which is Synthroid. So where this doctor was great on the one hand, he was a little bit limited when it came to thyroid education, which is a specialty. Um, And I did really poorly on Synthroid. Within two weeks, I was bloated. I wasn't sleeping again. I just, it was not the right formulation for me. It also was not the right amount of different thyroid hormones. We don't just have one We don't have T3 or T, we have a myriad of thyroid hormones, right? So as I said, that doctor left, I finally found another doc that I could work with. And she was the one who said, you know, we have to take into consideration your BHRT before we think about a full thyroid medication protocol outside of the pharmaceutical ones. Long story short, I ended up on uh, Nature Thyroid. And that was the thing I needed because it's a complete thyroid package because it's made from an animal not in a lab nothing wrong with lab I I mean prescription drugs can be really great right they're life-saving at times but you my advice would be to make sure that you're getting a complement of thyroid hormones not just the one and also most docs when they're prescribing they say they use a height and weight chart if you're Mm -hmm. five foot six and you're 130 pounds we're going to give you so many milligrams of this thyroid whether it's armor nature thyroid synthroid that's not going to be great for everybody. When you finally moved me onto the nature thyroid, they gave me a height and weight. It was way too much for me. I was narcoleptic. I was like falling asleep in the middle of the day. So, But I was so um, rooted in getting this thing handled and feeling, like I said, like myself again. And she even said, just call me in four weeks, see how you're doing. I didn't wait four weeks. I was like, I got to see you now. So we lowered it. We, and then over the years, because I get checked three times a year, some docs, now I'm probably down to two times a year blood work, to okay. make sure that I'm not taking too much, I'm not taking too little. And I have a, I, we moved out of the area. I have a phenomenal doctor that I work with now. He's a functional medicine doc, trained in hormone management, thyroid and otherwise. And actually, I'm having a call with him after this, okay. because my temperature has been really low. And I feel good, but that's like a sign that something's a little out of whack, right? So I'm happy to see him by, we're doing a telemed call, which I love, um, and just go through it. But having a doctor like that in your corner or somebody like Shannon is, it makes all the difference in how you feel about your treatment and whether you're safe or not, what's going on.
0: Mm -hmm. I, okay. So I wanted to kind of circle back to something that you were talking about, um, and I, I don't know what your beliefs are on this, but I believe hormones kind of build on each other, right? The base hormones are cortisol and insulin. If those are out of balance, then we're most likely gonna have sex hormones and then we're most likely gonna have thyroid issues. And so it was great that your doctor was like, Hey, we need to get your sex hormones, your bioidenticals managed before we even look at your thyroid, because if that's still out of balance, your thyroid medication, isn't going to be yeah. working optimally.
1: hundred percent agree. Yeah.
0: And, um, the other thing that I do want to mention, I'm obviously a fan of bioidenticals. I'm a fan of <laughs> um, nature thyroid, you know, something that's a little bit more natural. Um, like you said, going to synthetic medication is sometimes needed because we can manage the the dosage a little bit easier. Um, for women like my mom who have had a full thyroidectomy, I'm like, why is your doctor not giving you any form of T3, you know? <laughs> so Anyways, that's kind of my own little rant in terms of <laughs> That's of a medication. very mild <laughs> rant. <laughs> well, it's like we have to be looking at more than just TSH and T4, like you were saying, because there are more than just TSH and T4 um, that play a role in thyroid. And some people, some physicians don't know what to do with that information. So finding someone who can can support you in that. Um, All right, so let's move over to um, talking about the importance of having persistence until you get the diagnosis and the treatment. throughout your journey, right? I, I know for me, I have a chiropractor that I really love. And then I have a naturopath that I really love. And then I have, you know, just this team of people that specialize in different areas, but how do you go about finding someone to help you in with your body and medication and treatment and all of those fun things?
1: I love what you said, basically, as Hillary Clinton once said, it takes a village, right, to keep us well. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're so used to the single doctor model, right? One practice, maybe one dentist, maybe something else. But in the holistic view of the body, many different things need different kinds of attention. How to find the right people, I often start with people that I know and respect and trust, whether it's a friend, don't always listen to your friends. But I'm just (laughs) saying, if I have somebody who thinks like me, who's definitely into functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, something like that. I always start with somebody like that. Do you have a dentist who practices this way, or do you have a provider? And then if not, I am lucky enough to have cultivated relationships with some of the great docs out there in the world, wherever they are, but they're all online um, for things like functional medicine questions, thyroid questions, other, you know, protocols. Um, Epstein bar, so, like a year ago, all of a sudden I was feeling weird. I'm like, what is this? Got tested. Mm-hmm. Epstein Barr reared its ugly head from like when I was a kid, right? Which a yes. lot of people have it just sort cir- of circulating in your system. But then what was the remedy for that? It was a certain kind of herbs, a supplement and, you know, extra rest, all that good stuff, detoxing, maybe a sauna and steam. So the so those are the, the my primary way of getting a, a physician or a practitioner or somebody that I can trust is that way. And then going, if I can, you know, even these days, a lot of people are more accessible than people think. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get to Kamala Harris to ask her your burning question about politics, but you may get to a doctor that you think there's no way they're going to answer my one question Post it on their social media feed. You don't know. Do an IM to some doc or some um, person that, that you follow that you respect and trust and just say, Hey, even ask if they're doing a webinar on, you know, go and look on people's websites that you really uh, find to be trustworthy. See if they're doing webinars. Do they have a book? I've started in a lot of times I've started with a book from somebody that I thought I could trust. Who's got great credentials because people write books because they want to share their information.
0: Yeah. I, that brings up a really good point. When people engage with me, um, that's actually how I find a lot of my clients is through private message, right? They yeah. send me a message asking for help, asking for support. And I, I always tell them, Hey, I don't know your full case. Um, but generally speaking, X, Y, Z, or check out this book for more resources or, um, you know, start here, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. because uh, like you said, a lot of practitioners, a lot of health coaches, they want you to be successful. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I'll say this, I don't have a scarcity mindset. I believe that, you know, there are hundreds, if not thousands, millions of thyroid coaches out there. And I may be the good fit for you. I may not be. And I'm sure you kind of believe that same way. Absolutely. My big goal is to help give you the information that you need. So that's why we have the free podcast, right? (laughs) I don't get paid for this. Um, you know, it's a, it's a passion project to give you guys the resources that you need. So
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. Okay. So in terms of the symptoms that people are are experiencing, I want to kind of go back to the beginning of our conversation where you're talking about, um, you know, oh, I'm experiencing some fatigue and some bloating, and I'm feeling a little not like myself. How can we be, what can we do as we are experiencing those things and maybe struggling to get our doctor to listen to us and get us, you know, get on board with <laughs> what we're going through?
1: Well, the first thing, and, and, you can throw tomatoes at me, people listening, but the first thing we have to do is tell ourselves the truth about how we're treating our bodies. Because as we start getting into that crazy perimenopausal, you know, new hormones to adjust to kind of phase, it's easy to get, um, I don't want to say lazy. I don't think anybody's ever lazy. It's easy to get thrown off our desired track. Because we're more tired, the brain wants more sugar and carbs the next day. That's just a fact.
0: Yeah. We're
1: short-tempered because we have pressure. Our you know estrogen is flying off the face of the earth. And just the littlest thing will set us off. So what do we soothe with? Maybe it's a glass of wine or three. Maybe it's a box of Doritos or bag. You know. So if we find that we're having symptoms, we can't get help from a practitioner or a doc right away, There are definitely things that we can look at in our lifestyle choices that may help to a degree. Lifestyle alone is not going to turn down the heat of fluctuating hormones 100%, but it's a really good place to start. And heaven knows there are tons of resources. You probably have some on your page for a book that might talk about lifestyle or Mm -hmm. your suggestions, my suggestions for, I have something I call the power of five, and they're my five pillars of healthy life at any age how to age beat all the symptoms you know into a a submission and it's just simple stuff you know so I would say really look at what you're doing see what you can do on your own and um, also believe you said you're not a lack mindset and you were talking about getting clients being a thyroid coach but I was thinking about that lack mindset that nothing's going to work when people don't think there's a solution they won't go looking for one yeah. So if you've been told, just tough it out, this is what happens with women, this is what we go through in our family, you just suck it up, princess. I don't believe that for a second. I want you to be open-minded. I want you to be open to the fact, and I know that there's a fact, that there is a solution for you. It may not look like what you were expecting. It may not come from the place of the person you were expecting it to come from, from but it is there for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to your power of five. Tell us what those five things are for people and what they can do.
1: Sure. The first one is fall in love with fat. Now that should make a lot of people happy for the people that are egg white only eaters or low fat, this and that eaters. You may have forgotten how delicious fat tastes. I used to be a chef. The reason there's fat in, we add fat to dishes is because there's something called mouthfeel, It makes everything in your mouth at the moment feel that much more delicious. But the reason that I recommend it is that fat keeps us full longer. Fat is actually the body's preferred fuel to run on, but we have become carb and sugar burners because of the culture that we live in, because of the food setup that is recommended for most people. But if you think of it like a fire, carbs and sugar are the little kindling that you put in to begin with. Fat and protein are the big logs that keep that fire going for a really long time. So I always say fall in love with fat. The second one is eat protein at every meal and snack. And that doesn't mean you have to have a hamburger at every meal and snack. Doesn't even mean it has to be animal protein. It could be some nuts, could be half a dozen things with whatever else you're eating. And the reason that is that every cell in the body needs protein. Mm -hmm. It is the building block of so much, including strong hormone function, every cell in the body a receptor for protein it also has receptors for hormones so they work in tandem the next one is to move (laughs) it can see these are more like a circle than in line they all support each other but we have to move and that doesn't also mean you know working out with weights unless you like to it doesn't mean getting on a half marathon unless you want to but we have to have natural movement throughout the day Uh, a friend Annette Cashel is a wonderful um, movement coach over in Ireland and she always says that a workout is something that people tend to tick off on their list. They tick off a box on the list that says, I worked out, I can go do whatever I want for the rest of the day, which usually means sitting in the car to go in f- to and from work, sitting on the couch, sitting at the table. She sitting tries even to- at the desk. <laughs> exactly. So she says we have to build movement into our day, whether that's getting up every hour and taking a five minute walk, bouncing up and down on your toes while you're doing the dishes. It's just getting more natural movement into our day. The other one is sleep. Sleep is so important. And I know a lot of people think that as we age, we need less sleep. That's absolutely not true. What happens as we age, we get less sleep because of lots of different disruptions. So I I say make it like a non-negotiable that whatever you need to sleep, including kicking out your snoring spouse or partner, that's what you got to do. You've got to find a way to sleep so that in a room that is quiet and cool and dark. The next one, I don't want to sleep protein. Uh,
0: Well, you, well, you're remembering the last one. I'll just throw this in. I had a really great sleep routine and then newborn comes along and I'm like, Oh "Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know, what am I going to do? Because with my other three kids, I would stay up late trying to get everything done. And then I was waking up to nurse and feed them throughout the night. And then I was waking up early to get people off to school. And make lunches and breakfast and all of the things. And so for postpartum this time, I am, the two things that I am focusing on is number one, sleep, because I know that impacts my food intake, food cravings, and all of, all of that portion, but this, and then also food. So sleep for me is number one, and then also food. And sometimes that means My husband's really great. Um, Last night she wasn't going to bed at nine o'clock and so he stayed up with her and I was able to go to bed and then he brought her in and you know it was fine that way and then this morning um, he got the kids up and dressed and ready for school and took them to school and I was able to sleep in and so even though I'm waking up in the middle of the night we have thankfully been able to find some workarounds <laughs> so that I can prioritize that sleep. So
1: that's great that you're willing to that he's willing to help and that you figured out what you really need. And yes. you need sleep.
0: <laughs> it took me a long time. I mean, my last baby was six years ago. So <laughs> just looking back, I'm like, man, when my sleep went downhill, that was when all of my hormones and, you know, sugar cravings and salt cravings and all of those things started to come into play. Um, I you said a comment earlier about being true to yourself about how you're treating your body. And I had to get really honest (laughs) with those things. So
1: which is the perfect lead into number five, which is learn to balance your blood sugar. Now, I realize that everybody here is probably not a chemist, not interested in the science behind that. And you talked about cravings a minute ago. Here's how easy it is. If you fall in love with fat, if you eat protein at every meal and snack, if you move and if you get rest, you won't have those cravings. Your blood sugar will naturally go up after you eat and come back down within about 90 minutes. Now, stressful life can also raise blood sugar. Lots of things can, but food is the primary thing is we have to eat throughout the day. We don't have to get stressed, but we have to eat. So if you eat food that allows it to come up and come back down, you also talked about insulin resistance earlier on. If our blood sugar never comes back down to baseline or doesn't for a really long time, that means we're getting more insulin that can't do its job, but there's sugar. So it has to try and do its job. So it's circulating in our system and Mm -hmm. insulin circulating leads to insulin resistance, which is now they believe the cause of diabetes, heart disease, inflammation in the body or does inflammation lead to like, they're all tied together, right? Yeah. So learning how to, if you're craving, if you get hungry right after you've eaten, if you get tired right after you eat, if you need something sweet right after you eat, your blood sugar is whacked. That's the only way I can think of to say it. So pay attention to those feelings and see what did I eat? That's making me tired. What on this plate needs to go or needs to be reduced. You know, I'm not a person who believes in deprivation and taking everything out of our diets just because we have a problem. And we're also smarter than we give ourselves credit for. A lot of people say to me, Greg, I don't know how you say you listen to your body. I don't know how to listen to my body. You do. You do. If you have heartburn, listen, that's a problem that your body's telling you is with your food, right? That's as simple as it is.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think so much of society has told us, oh, it's normal to have heartburn. It's normal when you get old to older, I should say, to not sleep through the night or to have insomnia or to wake up and go to the bathroom all the time, which I feel like is the perfect segue into my next question for you is on weight loss. And is it true that your metabolism slows down as you age?
1: You know, as much as I'd love to have a definitive answer, I don't because science doesn't most of the people that I trust that I've read, including like the latest book that just came out called Younger You, and she's all into um, methylation and stuff, but metabolism doesn't go down as we age, but it is not as efficient at certain things. There is a huge group of science that says carbohydrates are harder to metabolize as we age, that the body needs less work to do. Now you could say, well, you know, eating meat takes a lot of digestion. It does but in a different way, because it doesn't raise your blood sugar in the same way. And you're going to hear it over and over again. I think in the coming years, the the importance of blood sugar management and insulin resistance, not getting to the point where you have insulin resistance. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say it doesn't, but it definitely needs some adjustment. And naturally, although I hate to say that this is true, because I love to eat, I don't eat as much unless I'm really just being a piggy. Like if mm-hmm. I s- eat, and I eat really slow, everybody hates eating with me because I eat really slowly. Because <laughs> when I was young, somebody said, eat, chew your food 21 times before you swallow. That never yep. left me. So not maybe, tw- I don't count anymore. But um, anyway, if I'm doing that, I'm eating mindfully, and I'm enjoying a conversation or a book or something. I find that I'm just full with less food. Now I could keep eating, which is always the case. Yeah. But I've just decided that I'm really committed to not being somebody who's, you know, frail, feeble for 12 years. I want to like go in a line like this and then that's it. I want to fall off a cliff or something. You know what I mean? Because in our country, a lot of people, the last 10 or 12 years of their life is full of disease and hospital visits and doctors and needles. I I don't want that for anybody. And I certainly don't want it for myself. So I'm doing everything I can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of that, and I, I use, My husband's grandma, as an example, probably throughout all of my podcasts, um, (laughs) she will be, I think, 99 this year. Wow. And she's incredible. She golfs still. She, I mean, she does all of the things. Now, I will say she's starting to slow down when she takes a walk and somebody has to walk with her and, you know, like she's still very intentional about her movement. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My, what is he, brother-in-law, I guess, my brother-in-law will go and take her on a walk every day around the block and they have their, you know, but they choose different places to walk. And her memory is starting to slip a little bit. Like I asked her something about her childhood and I remember even two years ago, she would quickly have an answer for me. And now she's like, well, I have to think about that for a minute and she'll take Mm -hmm. a minute and she'll kind of think about, you know, whatever the question was, but she'll come back with an answer. And for me, she lives alone. She's able to walk. She's able to golf. She's able to, you know, be independent and make breakfast and lunch. And, you know, her, her daughters come and help make dinner and, you know, just everybody takes care of her because she's amazing. But a lot of my examples growing up is exactly what you have said, where, they've had diabetes, they had cancer, they, you know, whatever it was, their life, the quality of life was diminished. And then I have this other lady who is just incredible and her health. She's like, I don't even have a doctor. Why do I need a doctor? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You know? Um, so anyways, I just, I, I truly believe that if we take care of our body, and we're intentional about our movement, like you were talking about, you know, intentional about the foods that we're, we're eating and watching for those signs and those symptoms. And how can we naturally support the body? The body is going to do what it needs to do, you mm-hmm. know, and it, we will be in homeostasis. All right. I have one last question for you in terms of weight loss. What is the number one killer of weight loss efforts as we age?
1: Did I say I would answer it with one? (laughs) You
0: can answer it with more.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, Honestly, sleep is a huge detriment to weight loss because as we've talked about already, if you're not sleeping well, you're going to wake up with cravings because it's just the way the body works. It's designed to make sure that we have the fuel that we need. And that fuel that the brain is craving is sugar and carbs. And there's nothing wrong with carbs or sugar in moderation. Um, but the, when we don't sleep, the cortisol, you mentioned cortisol at the top of the call, the stress hormone circulates in the body. It's a storage hormone. And so what does it do? It stores all that excess sugar and carbs into fat and it stores it around the middle of our belly. Belly fat is harder to lose. It's also less healthy because it surrounds our vital organs. And it is an organ itself if you get enough of it, which means it's sending out hormones. It just becomes this crazy mess. So I would say sleeping and then honestly movement because you cannot out eat no movement, right? You can't, no matter how clean your diet is, you need to move if you want your heart to be healthy. And I do, I do believe that food and movement go hand in hand when it comes to keeping weight off. But in terms of losing it, and I know that there are people that would disagree with me, I really think we have to move uh, first and, you know, clean up the food a little bit later.
0: Oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, Yeah, I can see where a lot of people say uh, food comes first and then movement. But I notice for myself that if I am exercising and I am using air quotes, which you guys can't see exercising and moving. I find that I'm not so snacky, right? Mm. Like I don't need, like, I'm not going in the pantry for some chips or something like that. Like I find probably blood sugar is a little more stable Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and the way, especially postpartum, the way that I am choosing to move right now, um, I tried to, to, Cycle the other day, and I was like, I'm just not quite there. I did 15 Mm -hmm. minutes, and I, the next day, I was like, oh, that didn't feel good on my body. But the way that I'm choosing to move now is stopping what I'm doing and intentionally getting up and going upstairs and switching the laundry, or getting up and walking down to the end of the block and coming back, you know, just these little spurts of movement to obviously move our body. Our body is made up of hinges and Mm -hmm. what, what are they called? I feel like I'm missing something hinges and all of these things because we are designed to move, but because of modern conveniences, we can stay at home and work from our computer. We can get in the car and drive to a place, you know, drive to work, drive to the store instead of walking or even mm-hmm. riding a horse or, you know, something, <laughs> or, a or a bike. Yes. Something that requires that movement.
1: Yeah. And so, I just want to add a little note about yeah. why I say the movement it's, it's tacked onto what you were saying about, you find that you're not as snacky. I find that if people start moving, walking, especially is like such a great form of exercise, then they, they already know, like I'm doing something for my body. Like what else can I do? A lot of times, people think I have to change my food, my eating. It's it's a drudgery. They don't like it. They're pissed off about it. But who could be pissed off about going for a walk in the fresh air? I mean, you know. So I just think it flips it on its head. And I'm a big proponent of not doing what you've always done if you want a different result.
0: Yeah. So what would you say to someone who says I don't have time to walk?
1: I guess you got to change your priorities. I mean, honestly. You have at least, I've seen two children. I think you have three, four. Have four. Okay. So you have yeah. four children. You manage to run a business and you're figuring out how you can walk to the end of the block. That's a lot that you're doing already and you're finding time. Yeah. I understand that some people literally work, you know, 12 hour days. They've got kids they have to pick up or parents they're taking care of. Even if all you do is, like you said, get up, go upstairs and do the laundry or downstairs, wherever your laundry is, find some ways to get movement into your day. And see if that doesn't spur you to want to do a little bit more. This is the one body you get. I'm not talking about another lifetime. There might be another one down (laughs) the road, but right now your body wants you to move and oxygenate and spread those hormones around and keep that heart pumping. So reorder your priorities if you got, and I I don't mean to be, you know, sounding like tough guy over here, but we don't have any other choice but to take care of ourselves.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. I I always tell people because I'm totally guilty of the time thing. I'm like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> but I always tell people we make time for things that are the most important for us. Yeah. And I I I can now see why you would say movement is a good place to start because it it's something that you have to do without it's a lifestyle thing but sometimes we have emotional connections to food yeah. and giving up the food is a little bit more difficult so yes i really appreciate that um all right let's wrap things up i want to just go back through your f- power of 5 um really quickly for the listeners so you guys can jot these down and start to implement these things um well let me have you do it <laughs> okay
1: Fall in love with fat. Yep. Easy. Protein at every meal and snack. Learn to balance your blood sugar. Super important. Sleep. Figure out a sleep routine and stick to it. You got to figure it out. It is doable and move. Yep. Move it, yep. move it,
0: move it, move it. All right. You guys start incorporating those things. And um, Greg, how can the listeners follow you and get in touch with you if they loved everything that you have said, and they want to check you out a little bit more.
1: Thanks for asking. Uh, My website is rebelliouswellnessover50.com. You can get a five-day email workshop on the power of five by going to rebelliouswellness.com slash power and the number five. I'm on social media as Rebel Well 50 and I welcome... You know, emails Gregory at rebelliouswellnessover50 dot com and join. I have a podcast too. Lots of great guests. Um, uh, so that's also at the website.
0: Okay, is it the rebellious wellness?
1: Over What's 50. the name of the podcast? It's rebellious okay. wellness over fifty, and it's on Apple and Stitcher and all those great places.
0: Wonderful. I'm so excited, and I will have all of this linked up for you guys in the show notes. And we will see you guys on the next.
1: Thank you, Shannon. Wait before you go. Please subscribe if you found value in today's episode. Leave us a review and share on Instagram and please tag us. We love your reviews. Pretty please.